0: We know exactly what to expect with Kiev, don't we? They'll, they'll give 125% until they go 1-0 down, and then they'll start thinking about the week after. <laughs>
3: Good evening everybody, it's me Dov, I'm back again and this time uh, I'm going to be talking about big Juventus, the big team with Mr Adam Digby once more. Adam, how are you?
0: I'm good Dov, thanks, how are you?
3: Oh, not too bad, not too bad. Um, I'm sure I'm not as tired as you because I'm sure you've had a a very, very hectic and frantic summer with all the the goings on (laughs) at the Allianz Stadium.
0: Yeah, it's it's been very busy summer, and it's, it looks like it's going to be a very good season for you as well. Yeah,
3: well, I think uh, we spoke before we came on the podcast, and basically said it's pretty much done and dusted, really, the title. So uh, you will get number eight in a row. Um, you'll be you're you're heading close to Celtic's record and Rangers' record of nine in a row. So you get that in a couple of years. Um, but I want to. I don't know if you. Well, I think your memory is better than mine. But if you cast your mind back, I think to the last time we spoke, which maybe would have been about April. May time, sometime around then. And you said to me uh, when we were talking about Sergei Milinkovic Savage, you were like, You know what I want? I just want Juve to just like see when there's a really good player available, just to buy them, just to go and spend a hundred million euros, hundred to it, just get them, because that's what Juve need They didn't get Sergei Milinkovic Savage, they got some other guy, so they did it. They they did.
0: Um, (laughs) Of all people, it's Cristiano Ronaldo. I bet you didn't expect that. (laughs) No, I mean, if I would have said that, you would just get laughed out of town, wouldn't you? <laughs> it's it, it, it's incredible. Um, what
3: did what, what did you think when like the rumor started swirling? Where you like, wait a minute, this is no, this isn't real. This
0: isn't real. Well, it, if you were if you're a regular, um, I say reader of Italian papers, but if you if you regularly cast your eye across the front page of like Tuttosport, you, you tend to see you tend to see this kind of story all the time um, we've had a link to Neymar we had one to Lionel Messi there was Sergio Aguero um, and it's always the same the story breaks on their front pages are world exclusive and then it's followed up a couple of days later by a story that um, the kit manufacturer in the past obviously Nike but now Adidas um, are going to help pay for the transfer and it's like, they're not though really are they, like what What are we talking about it's, it's just not going to happen and then this summer we had, are uh, Juve going to sign Cristiano Ronaldo and it's like no they're not, they're ridiculous <laughs> and then two days later it comes out ah, and Ferrari are going to help pay his wages and I'm like
2: yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, I, it just I, I, it's not happening and then you start to see more and more of the credible sources start to report it. And then you get Gianluca Di Marzio, who not not everything he says uh, comes to pass. But when, if he publishes a story on his website where it says they have signed player X and they're going to pay him X amount per year, then you pretty much know it's, it's done and dusted. And he published a story like that about Ronaldo. And I'm still thinking, nah no it's, it's not it's not gonna happen like what are we even talking about and then in the half time of the World Cup final I, I got on, a on my phone and there's Cristiano Ronaldo is at Turin airport and there's pictures and it's like what wait mm. hang on I <laughs> uh, missed the entire second half of the World Cup final just like Juventus are signing Cristiano Ronaldo this is what this is surreal <laughs> And then I spent the whole next week trying to find out, th- trying to find different words to use instead of writing Cristiano Ronaldo. So I know how old he is. I know what town he was born in. I know that he's a former Manchester United player because <laughs> you can't keep writing Ronaldo, 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 Ronaldo in seven different articles. So you, you learn to use different words. And and even now I'm like, Cristiano Ronaldo plays for Juve. It's just weird.
3: Well, they, that's the thing. Like, like, um, most of the most, like, especially Real Madrid fans, didn't think he would ever leave the club. They thought he would kind of, he would retire there. He, he's obviously already a legend at the club. kind of be that, that's where he'd finish his career and kind of win another billion Champions Leagues and whatever else. And then I think uh, most people, if you don't know li- listener people, I also do some work for the Spanish newspaper Marca. And I think a wee while before it was officially announced, we were told that it was definitely happening. And I was like, this is ridiculous. You, Juventus can't sign Cristiano Ronaldo what is going on and then when you hear the wages is on Jesus Christ mm. 30 million euros after mm. tax
0: yeah and <laughs> that, that's become a footnote to everything now I was reading a story earlier before we started speaking about um, Merlin Pjanic is about to sign a new contract at Juve and it's like he'll be signing a, a, increasing his salary from 4.5 million a season to 7 million a season to bring it in line with other high earners like Douglas Costa and Dybala. But they're still tra- 7 million. But they still trail Cristiano Ronaldo at 30 million. And this is all after tax as well. Yeah. Um so he's he's earning as much as the five highest paid players at the club earned combined last season. Um when it was like Iguain, Buffon, Pjanic, Dybala. Uh, it's absolutely insane, but, but but you look at the, the off-field numbers uh, before he even plays a game and he's paying for himself, isn't he? Like, mm. the the increased attention, the increased, even increased social media following. It, 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 he's bringing in a, a level of attention to Juve that, that Juve have just never had. Mm. Um, yes, they've had other great players in the past with Platini, Zidane, Del Piero, obviously, but the the way that the world is today with uh, Ronaldo's mm-hmm. like global reach as a an individual, um, it, it, it's it's bringing a a, a level of um, gravitas, I think. Yeah, to the team that's just never been there in the past. It's, uh, did you it's read? Fantastic. Did you read
3: the? Uh, I think it was the KPMG financial report about Ronaldo's move to Juve and how they were basically saying that like all this, like they can now think about asking for 30 to 40 percent more in sponsorship deals and, and things like that like the club can start doing <laughs> yeah. that so they can start getting excuse excuse yeah me, adidas and jeep uh, we've got ronaldo pay up please
0: yeah i think the the biggest problem there is the the, the shirt sponsorship the both the uh, the jeep sponsorship and the adidas one runs until 2021 and one mm. runs until 2022 so by the time they're up for renewal he'll have left probably um or he certainly won't be the the player that he is today. Um, Mm. And I think that that falls in line with pretty much everything. Well, I think obviously Juve will still have an increased presence and obviously if it helps them win the Champions League in the meantime, then yes, they'll definitely be able to ask for much more in sponsorships. But I think it it won't be because Ronaldo is still there. Uh, And that fits in with kind of everything else that I've been been thinking and writing about over the past month since he he came is that it's it opens a, a very small but significant window for Juve over the next two seasons, doesn't
3: it? Well, yeah. Well, that's like like with Ronaldo signing. I, I did want to come to this a bit later, but I, I, Andrea Agnelli was saying that like UV need to start thinking outside of Serie A, um, and Ronaldo is kind of he's almost like a catalyst for that, so that so that they can become from being like I think we've, we've said before, Juve aren't kind of in the top echelon. You're Real Madrid, Barcelona, Man United, but they're kind of in that next tier with the signing of Ronaldo, that's that that could push them into that top tier of European clubs. In terms in terms not not in a footballing sense, but in terms of kinda of an overall world global brand?
0: Um, I think it could. I think I still believe firmly that trophies speak louder than anything else. I think until until Juve win the Champions League, they're still not quite in that bracket for me. I think this summer seems to be like a uh, it's like almost like a fork in the road, doesn't it? They they've got to two finals in three seasons, um, and and we saw a similar kind of progress from the likes of Borussia Dortmund and Atletico Madrid. They were they were banging on the door, and then they fell short. And then those teams, the Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, came and picked off all their best players. Mm. Um, obviously, a few went to the Premier League as well, but largely those three big teams. Um, and and Juve were in that same position for me and then this summer with a team that can already get to finals uh, and win the Serie A title quite comfortably mm-hmm. um, the the level of investment and, and also the kind of players that they've bought um, which I'm sure we'll go on to discuss a little bit more can but get there right now it, why not <laughs> it, it, it's, it 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 very much is as Agnelli himself said we, we've listened over the past 3 years to to Agnale, to Marotta, to uh, Max Allegri. Oh, we want to win the league, we want to win the Coppa Italia, and we want to be in the last eight in Europe because that's what the big teams do. And it's like, and then this summer he said to the squad, um, and he, he's allowed himself to be videoed saying it too, um, to the team at Villa Perosa last weekend, um, that, that now they have to be thinking about winning the Champions League. And that... That's a a big change in mentality and a a big shift in focus for for Juve to actually come out and say that winning the Champions League is their aim. Because I think everything that they've done um, over the summer will make it a massive disappointment if they don't. They they really do have to win the Champions League for, for the things that they have done this summer. Right, 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 um,
3: okay, well, but hold on, hold that thought, because we're, we're, I want to come to that, and get going to uh, delve deeper, but let's look at the signings first then, so the, the people that you the, that, they want to win the Champions League, obviously Ronaldo, you, do, like, you Ronaldo's Ronaldo, right? But I think other ones, like Emery, Emery Chan coming in, free transfer, brilliant, Cancello, who was fantastic for Inter last season, coming in as well, we'll get into a delish dinner, very good Perrine, who I think is a fantastic goalkeeper coming in as, a, I think, probably first a backup to Chesney, but I think he's definitely got the ability to, to fight for, for um, the number one spot. And then the big one, the real big one, the return of Mr. Leonardo Berucci. So what did you think about Berucci coming back? Because mm. obviously he pissed a lot of people off at Juve when he joined Milan and did his wee circle face celebration thing. Um, but he's back and apparently all is forgiven what's your what's your take on him
0: um, I think I think you're absolutely right what you say about the other players I think Chan is a typical Juve signing isn't it you can get him on a free he's going to come in he's going to improve the team great um, I think you're absolutely right with Perrin um, and I think Perrin's got that great advantage now with Chesney there um, where Chesney is the he's been given the number one shirt he's going to be the first choice keeper at the start of the season so in effect, Chesney is the man who replaced Buffon, hmm. rather than Perrin. Uh, I think Perrin is a, a better goalkeeper um, when he's when he's fit and playing at his best. I think he's a better goalkeeper than Chesney. But mm-hmm. over the past two seasons, Chesney's been fantastic. Yeah, um, and he's—I've interviewed him. He's—he's he's very level-headed, um, and he's—he's he's obviously been panned for performance bad performances before, like he was at Arsenal. So I don't think he will be bothered by the criticism at all. And I think couple of seasons probably move him on give Perrin the number one shirt and he can do that without the, the pressure that comes from being immediately the guy after Buffon as for Bonucci <laughs> um, I think <laughs> I think it's, uh, first and foremost as a, as a footballer um, it, it's exactly in line with the Ronaldo thinking isn't it, he's 31 years old he's, he's, a, he's probably now a better defender than anybody else in the squad at Juve um even though even though Juve had the best defense in Serie A I think um statistically speaking I think other teams were probably better than them including Milan in the second half of the season with the Romagnoli Bonucci pairing I thought they were fantastic uh, mm. in the last 3 4 months of the season but obviously he comes back in I think he he brings the his passing too uh, not so much the the long balls although we saw a, a great one in the the friendly this week to Ronaldo which gives Juve a weapon that they certainly didn't have last season but his his ability to just get the ball and play it into midfield which is something Juve really struggled with last year um, with Benatia and Chiellini but then the guy himself I mean like you say he, he he didn't piss a lot of people off last season he pissed everybody off <laughs> last season I think the only people who were angry at him who care about Juve were Bartali and Chiellini who went on holiday with him um, at Christmas time and you're like wait what? they're still friends like okay mm-hmm. Um, and I get that like it's it's just a football club isn't it it's it, it, these guys are, are actual friends they they have a bond that goes beyond the, the colours that they wear and that's great but Bonucci annoyed everybody because he didn't just leave he when nobody expected him to I mean he he looked like a, a Juve player for life didn't he like,
3: yeah he's a team.
0: he is <laughs> even, even more so than you say about Ronaldo staying at Real Madrid it's like guys like Bonucci don't leave a team like Juve you know he's a, mm. he's a Juve fan he's been there what was he there six years seven years so I think he's six um,
3: years six and a half seven years
0: yeah um, yeah he came summer 2010 so until 2017 um, and then he was, a, he was a great player for Juve he, he'd been captain quite a lot because obviously after the um, after, Buff, after Buffon it's then Chiellini and Marchesio. And then it's on appearances. So because he played every week, he, he was high up there. I think he's on 300 and something already. Um, I think Chiellini, Marchio and Bartali are the only ones who've got more appearances than him. And obviously, he's going to overtake Bartzali again pretty soon um, because is just not going to play that often. Mm-hmm. But to to walk away and then to not just do that, but to, to force your way to Milan as well for... Which gives Milan all the leverage, which is why they only paid forty million for a player who had been talked about as being a seventy seventy-five million pound signing for, for Chelsea or Manchester City because he wanted to stay close to Turin because of his six son. I mean, you can't hold that against the guy, but he still did that, you know. He, he still he forced his way to a, a direct rival, a, a historic rival for for Juve in Milan, and a Milan team who looked like they were going to have a bit of a resurgence last summer. Mm. Um, it, it it really did kind of looked like a move that would shift the balance of power in Serie A and, and he said that's what he wanted to do and it's like really you're going to actually just say that I, okay uh, then then, as far as Juve fans are concerned it's like you're you're dead um, like he, he just means nothing anymore and then uh, to be honest seeing him come back is he, as much as I was joking about being shocked by Ronaldo Bonucci coming back to Juve is even more stunning to me it's the, the fact that everyone can be okay about it is, is incredible. Um, it, show, it shows great maturity uh, on his part. It, I think uh, he said at his press conference that was very kind of wishy-washy, but he's, he made a comment that, that echoed something that um, Suso from Milan had said earlier in the week, that he felt he'd taken a step back at Milan mm.
2: um,
0: for, in, on, a, on a personal level as a player uh, which is quite a bold admission, really, to to say that being there made you a worse player. Um, and I, I don't think that was just a, well, I'm not playing with Bartali and Chiellini anymore, so I'm not as good. I think that was genuinely, uh, I, I'm yeah, I not being, coaching. Uh, maybe not so much at the coaching, but the expectations and the pressure. I think at Juve you, you have to win every week, don't you? Mm. But I think at, at Milan last season, in particular when they were struggling, it, it was never the players' fault, was it? It was never. Ah, mm. oh, Bonucci is terrible. What is he doing? It, it was much more. Um, What's Montella? Do- <laughs> What's Montella doing? What is Mirabelli doing? Mm. And, and then they took away all those excuses. They brought in Gattuso. They they got rid of Mirabelli and Fasone. Obviously, the the club effectively got repossessed. But it, it's it's uh, it's huge to see him coming back, and it, it it really does play into again that same thinking that it's. It's win now, isn't it? Yeah, well, that, that's exactly what I was going to
3: say. Is that it's, it's not been, uh, like, for example, like a, lot, a lot of Juventus fans were mourning about Caldera moving to Milan. Oh, he's got to be a great defender. But, like you say, Juventus want to win now. They don't want to win in five years' time and have Rugani and Caldera in defence. They want to have Burucci and Chiellini and win the Champions League right now, the second. Because Ronaldo's mm. going to be thirty-eight by the time Rugani and Caldera probably are a central defensive pairing for Juve if if that ever comes to be. Um, so yeah, so yeah, we agree. <laughs> Everything's good. Um, obviously, a big loss. Maybe not in terms of playing. Well, maybe yeah, in terms of kind of on the field as well. But certainly in the dressing room is Buffon. Obviously, he announced them before the end of the season that he was going to be leaving Juve obviously at that time we didn't know what he was going to do if he was going to be a director or move on now he's at PSG I mean do you think that's going to have any kind of impact given the character that he is
0: um, I think it has to you know I think, I think maybe a little bit of the, of the thinking behind getting Bonucci back as well is he, he was always he was always kind of a leader um, mm. and he, he really was Captain Material before he left I think it's very hard to see him with the armband Um, anytime soon I think it was very noticeable that um, Paulo Dybala was named vice-captain in a friend the last week Um, Do you think Vichy's going to have
3: to earn the kind of respect uh, of everybody uh, like uh, tenfold?
0: I think for for probably the season ahead at least I think um, because for for, for those not aware with Juve it's very much um, it's the same with the Italian national team too that the captaincy goes to First and foremost, to the captain, obviously, which was now Chiellini. Um, and then they usually name two vice captains, which I would expect are going to be Bazzali and Marchesio. Mm. Um, but given that Bazzali and Marchesio probably won't play all that often, it then falls back to appearances. And outside of those three, Bonucci is streets ahead of, of every other player in the squad. So for me, I think that what they'll do for this season is they'll count his appearances from now ah. towards that total. Mm-hmm. And I think the 300-odd that he's made already will kind of get pushed to one side, which is why DiBala became captain uh, earlier in the week because he's the next in line because he's been there longer than almost anybody else now, mm-hmm. which is crazy to think about when he only came in the summer of 2015. Um but, uh, yeah, I think that's that's the way that it will go. I think Buffon's leadership will definitely be solemnist. And I think that to just circle back to a point you made about Caldara, um, I, I think he's a fantastic player, a, a player who's ready to play now. Um, but you don't know how he's going to adapt to the, the pressure of being at Juve. And somebody like Bonucci is a, a guarantee, isn't he? Mm. And as you say, that, that gives it a win now and um, as well with
3: Caldera he's played in a back three pretty much his whole time at Atalanta whereas Juve are probably going to play a back four so he's kind of got that as well to try and learn but, system uh,
0: yeah he, he'd he played in a I, I think that's a a warning to Milan fans too uh, who's probably all switched off now listening to a, <laughs> a, a, a Chievo fan and a Juve fan talk about Bonucci <laughs> but if there's anybody still there I think that is a, 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 a definitely a point to consider with Caldera. Um not last season the season before was his first in Serie A uh, he started playing it in about week five mm-hmm. with uh, Gasparini when he decided to drop all of the veteran players and bring in a lot of the youngsters like Kessier and Spinazzola and Gagliardini, who we've seen move on to greater things. Mm-hmm. Um, but he played in the middle of a back three, and he was usually flanked by Toloi and Massiello, who were very experienced central defenders. And
2: Mother's Day is around the corner.
0: Um, and now he's going to play in a back four at Milan uh, with Romagnoli with, <laughs> who's actually younger than Caldara mm, yeah, um,
3: yeah Caldara's
0: 25
3: 24-25 uh, yeah. he's, he's and, not, he's and not a youngster
0: no and they, obviously their first choice fullbacks backs are going to be uh, Conte, and Conte and Rodriguez and probably on the Rodriguez left. or Strinic or Laxal it's, <laughs> it's not a very experienced back four mm. um, and obviously a back four that's not played together often so as much as I am a huge, huge fan of Caldera and I'm very sad to see him leave Juve, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him struggle a little bit. At, um,
3: yeah, no, no, no I, th- I think, no, no, I, th- I think that there's definitely something in that, and I think that's probably one of the reasons Juventus were maybe a bit not eager. Eager is the wrong word, but kind of let them go a bit easily when they seen that the, 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 the Bonucci was available. Um, right, objectives then. This is easy. We've already said it. Champions
0: League. Yeah, I, 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 think, it's, I think it's literally
3: simple as that.
0: I think a lot of people probably had that feeling the last two seasons if you don't win the Champions League the season is disappointing I am as I've said to you before I'm I'm not one of those people I think if you if you win the league um you you, you can't be disappointed no matter what else you do and obviously if you go out in the group stage like Juve did with Conte or mm. you, you get smashed in the the last 16 or the quarter finals even then yeah that's that's a shame but like Juve took it to realm the winners' you, of the last three seasons, last season. Um, and it wasn't a disappointing Champions League exit, I think. But I think with Ronaldo, with Bonucci, and then obviously spending quite a lot of money on Cancelo as well, so that was 40-something million mm-hmm. uh, on a fullback. back If Juve don't win the Champions League this season or next season, I, when, because I personally think that Ronaldo has probably got two seasons left as being one of the very best players in the world. Um, and after that, he's going to need more help. And and you have signed him not to for a guy who needs help. They've signed him to be the guy who helps them get over the hump and win the Champions League. Yeah. That has to happen in the next two seasons. And if it doesn't, then then the the gamble for me has failed. You can talk about adding an extra million social media followers. You can talk about uh, the share price going up by 34% in four days after Ronaldo signed. You can talk about the fact that every match has been a ridiculous amount of attendance. You can talk about the, the press conference for uh, at Ronaldo needing to be held in the the um, VIP lounge of the stadium rather than in the the, the conference room downstairs mm-hmm. um, just because of the sheer number of journalists who wanted to come, but if they don 't lift that trophy in the next two seasons for me the the whole experiment of signing Ronaldo and justifying that thirty million after tax salary is is a waste because that is the one reason and the one reason only you sign a player of that calibre and uh, uh, agree to pay him that much money yes all those other things are very very nice but at the end of the day
3: it's like you say trophies that's why people yeah and
0: I it. I said to you when we spoke in April like you, Juve need to spend big money they need to win the Champions League because it's t- 23 years by the time the next final comes around mm. that's a long time like if you want to be a, a big club and you want to win things then you need it, to do it now <laughs> you need to do it yeah do you think then that
3: obviously this this because I think I agree with what you said that Juventus has kind of had the objective of all the Champions League for the last few years. Kind of, Higuain and Pjanic, I think, were part of that as well. Do you think this season kind of, it looks like it kind of added to that focus? That could maybe even do. You think it could distract them? Can you give anybody hope that Juventus aren't going to win Serie A? No. Obviously, I know you don't want to, but...
0: <laughs> no, I, I I honestly can't. As much as I would like to say, if Juve have a deep run in the Champions League and the other teams in Serie A, um, push them close. Um, maybe it would be close, Um but as it has been in the, as it was last season wasn't it like Juve got that Real Madrid tie and they took the eye off the ball a little bit and Napoli got really close but I think the best way to explain why I don't believe that anybody else has a chance in Serie A is if you look at the Juve squad and you consider the fact that if Juve have a difficult Champions League tie in March or April Max Allegri might do something that he's never done before and rest his entire starting 11 to, to focus on the Champions League because as Agnelli said the Champions League is the focus Okay, so if we take that as, a, as an experiment, that Juve might rest their entire starting eleven. Look at the eleven that they would mm. still be able to put out on the pitch. They would be able to start Mattia Perrin, uh, Di um, Bazzalli and Rugani, or Bazzalli and Benatia. Um They would be able to start Spinazzola at full-back. They would have, uh, in midfield, if you take out well, Pianic, Chan and Matuidi as the regular starters, you would have Kadira, Marquise or Bentancur. If you say the attack is Douglas Costa, Di Ballo Ronaldo, then you can play... Manzukic, Bernadeschi, Cuadrado, and I'm sorry, but if, that's like uh, the second team would win the league. As well. If 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 unless you like Roma, Napoli, Milan, or Inter and playing very very well, that team is going to beat every other team in Serie A anyway. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's that's not allowing for oh well maybe somebody from the st- regular starting eleven got suspended so they would need to play in the in the league. Blah blah blah. They, they have 25 players who uh, would start at any other team in Serie a. I I don't think there's a I don't think that now Sturaro is uh, at Sporting Lisbon um, I, I, I don't think there's a, a player in the Juve squad who who would kind of not get into the other teams in Serie A I I'd, uh, have a, a WhatsApp group with a, a group of friends who are all Juve fans and Sturaro's been the... Is see, like, the, the fly
3: in the ointment, almost.
0: He's, he's been the, the whipping boy. Like, uh, oh, why do we have shit players like Sturaro? And that's... Uh, but who is Juve's worst player now? Like, <laughs> who is Juve's worst player? <sighs> it's like, Mattia Di who starts at it- for Italy at right back, or... Sammy Kadira who's won the World Cup with Germany you're struggling
3: right. you're, like, that's a good question who is the UV's worst player I, I, I'd maybe well, go Marquisio because he's not played
0: very much um, personally I, argue I think you might be Bernadeschi uh, because I think he's got the potential but he's not there yet mm. um, I think Desilio is good when he's not injured um, I, I, obviously, you have. <laughs> There's uh, a question, everybody. Who is Juventus's worst player? Who, who is Juve's worst <laughs> player, man? It's a difficult thing. I mean, some people don't like Blaise Matuidi. Some people don't like it, like Blaise, me. Don't Blaise like Sami Khedira. So. Uh, yeah, Blaise Matuidi <laughs> just started the World <laughs> Cup final and won. Like, what are we talking about? Uh, for me, I think it's Sami Khedira because I think uh, the guy died about two years ago and nobody's realised yet. He's a terrible footballer. I was, um, when FIFA changed his haircut. That was that was when it all died for him. Well, uh, I've watched ten, five, ten-minute spells of the, the season where he just shadows the referee running around in circles without ever touching the ball. And you see games where he's made 16 passes and no tackles in 90 minutes of action. And it's like, what? And I get, like, he, he's not involved in everything, but he plays really well against the smaller teams. Like, he got a hat-trick against Udonese, but he's terrible. But that, but that to to get back to the actual point, the, the fact that Juve's worst player is probably somebody who's won the World Cup in the last four years is... Is quite insane. Yeah. Um,
3: do you think it, that? Do you think that means that Juve, Juventus are, like, like said, they've transcended Syria. Like he said, I think they wanted to, but they're pretty much, they're, they're just so much better. And 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 not just on the field, but in every facet of running a football club, they're just miles ahead of everybody else.
0: I think. I think the problem is that because because Juve's su- success has been so sustained over the past few years. They've kind of seen out cycles from all the other teams. Like we saw Salah and Jecko do really well for Roma and then Salah and Alisson have both left. Um, we saw Maurizio Sarri come and go at Napoli and do fantastic things. His team was f- incredible and they came so, so close to winning the title. But I think both Roma and Napoli have taken a backwards step this summer. I think it'll take Napoli a little bit of time to, to click again under, under Ancelotti. Um, and obviously they lost Jorginho, who was kind of the he was, the, he was like the embodiment of the way that they played, wasn't he? He was the the figurehead of their style. And then Inter have, Inter have gotten better, but what was the gap between Juve and Inter before Juve signed Ronaldo and Bonucci? Like I'll, 22 I'll, points? A lot of points,
3: and I think you I think you said last season, I can't remember, was it Milan or Inter, maybe Inter as well? You're like, you can't make up 20-odd points in a transfer window, or if you do, then it's... You're, you're doing well.
0: Yeah, tw- twenty something points is a is a huge gulps to make up. Before you look at the team who were twenty points ahead, added Cristiano Ronaldo and Leonardo Bonucci. It's like twenty twenty three. You were almost there. Twenty twenty three. Like yeah. that. That's eight wins. Where Where are you getting eight wins before you <laughs> even drop up? Where? where? You you are just not like mm. Inter have got a. To be uh, fair,
3: they've done really well.
0: They've done Inter have, good Inter have had, had a all... fantastic squad, uh, a fantastic summer. They, mm. they they started off quite poorly, where they they didn't take up their options on uh, Cancelo, obviously, and. Rafinha but, they, but then they went out and they signed Versaico and um, Nangolan to fill those gaps so mm. that, that really helped they, they were playing catch up before Juve did anything if Juve didn't mm. make a single deal they were still looking to make up 23 points and, and they've uh, done a heck of a good job of trying to do that but, but now you're not talking about 23 points now you're talking about catching up to Ronaldo and
3: well, I think Juventus after they signed Ronaldo this is before Bonucci and stuff like that they were 12-1 to 1. To go the whole season unbeaten, which I you know they've done before without Ronaldo, and like you say, like with the way the squad is now, like there's there's a very high chance that he could probably get a hundred plus points and still not win the title.
0: Well, we've seen that in the past few se- in this time where where you've been winning the league, we've seen Roma have set a new club record for mm-hmm. um, consecutive wins and for the end of season points total twice. Uh, Napoli. Napoli- yeah. Napoli just did it three years in a row under Sarri. They set a record points total every year with him, which is incredible in itself. It's a, an amazing accomplishment. Like he should be really proud of that and so should Napoli fans. But but they've done that and the closest they've got is within four points of Juve. Like mm-hmm. and that's not Juve's record point. <laughs> you, like, that's just Juve being Juve. Their record points is from Conte's second season, uh a hundred and two. But this is what you're up against. This is before Ronaldo and before Bonucci. And yes, obviously Juve are going to shift their focus elsewhere, but every time they rest players now, you look at, as we just did before, you look at the guys who are going to come in. They're going to be hungry for more playing time. They're going to be eager to prove that they should be starting in the biggest games. Mm -hmm. They're, they're, They're going to feel scorned that they didn't start in the most recent big game and play with that chip on the shoulder, it, you look and there's no weaknesses in that squad, if if Sandro gets injured, Spinazzolo comes in, if there's an injury in central defence, then you go back to the defence that was the best in the league last season Like if Cancelo is injured, you have last season's starting right back, the midfielder if you have a problem, you bring a World Cup winner in if if Dybalo's not playing well, you've got Douglas Costa if Douglas Costa's not playing well, you've got or Bernardeschi. it's endless the the, the <laughs> options available to Allegri in, in terms of playing style, he can stick Mandzukic on and mm. hump it long and he's going to give you nightmares. It, it, it's just incredible the, the amount of weapons. They've got a, an answer for every kind of style that, that they could come up against, whether that's in the league or in Champions League. They, they, they can batter teams out of sight now because we've seen with Ronaldo in the past when he, you don't score all these goals for Real Madrid by accident. You score them because why beat Girona 3-0 when you can win 8-2? like. <laughs> Because and he wants to score six goals like that Mm. that's the way that he is and he's fully capable of doing it I think you see with a a guy like Higuain who's fantastic once he gets a goal or two he kind of eases off he's like
3: I've done that's me done I've got my bonuses thank you very much yeah he he wants to
0: score every game that he plays in but that's and if he scored 38 goals in a season that would be fantastic but when you, when you aim to score 38 goals a season because you want to score once every game, you end up, you fall a little bit short, you get 23. Ronaldo wants to score 100 goals by mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. And if you fall short, then you might get 50 or 40. And the difference is incredible. And I think that's what we're going to see with Juve this season. is we, you, You'll see for the first time probably in this era, that them absolutely battering teams out of sight because I think no matter what he, Allegri does, it's going to be impossible to, to stop the team having an amazing amount of attacking weapons on the pitch because there are no Sturaros to send on there are no he can't really afford to play Manzukic as a winger because he's he, got, wingers.
3: They, they, he, he's be got wingers. wingers
0: he's got wingers and he doesn't have another striker so Mandzukic has to play when Ronaldo doesn't so mm. if he takes off Ronaldo looking to not score goals Mandzukic will go there so that will mean he has to have Costa or Dybala or Quadrado or Bernadeschi as wingers mm. and, and then you're still causing problems and and Manzukic will want to score. He's he's spoken about how annoyed he was at having to play out on the wing, about how he wants to be a striker.
3: I'm trying. I'm trying to think. I'm trying. I'm trying to dig here to see if we can find like even a glimmer for people. Do you think Do you think Ronaldo being on the wages is the odd? Do you think that's going to piss other players off? Do you think that it might cause friction in the dressing room? Because
0: no, because it's Cristiano freaking Ronaldo. <laughs> I'm trying, man. Come like on. If, if if you paid Higuain thirty million we'd be like, oh shit, why are we paying that overweight guy all that money? What is going on? You can understand why that might cause some. The guy's won five Ballon dollars. He's getting paid more than me. He deserves it. Look how good he is. I'm all out. I'm, like I think, I think that the one hope for the rest right, of the right, right, going genuinely is that you've a don't win the Champions League and you can laugh about it. Like that's <laughs> that's what you've got. Like and and there are there are lots of fans of Syria not lots of fans of Serie A but there are plenty of fans of Serie a who even though it's Juve they would be oh. pleased to see uh, an Italian team win the Champions League because it would be great for Serie A but all those others all those actual like hardcore Inter fans and Milan fans, and they, fans they don't want Juventus whatever, to win anything they don't want Juventus to win, it, Juventus to win a throw-in. let's be yeah. honest uh, so that's that's your hope um, well there you go people <laughs> you have no hope Shard and frog. that is your only hope <laughs>
3: Oh, perfect Adam um, Right quickly Before we finish yeah, We kind of touched on like Roma and Napoli and other, Is there any, any other Well I think Like I said at the start I'm quite excited By this season Is, is there any kind of things That have kind of took your Caught your eye Over the over the summer
0: It's been a positive Summer for Milan If if you can count Having your entire club Repossessed by a bank As a, as a positive they had, a, they had an owner Who clearly Didn't have any money We knew that last summer We, we, we spoke about it We tweeted about it We got pasted by Milan fans for for saying that this guy clearly has no money. Like when you when you go into i I'm sorry, but when you go into a, a Europa League qualifying game and two of your big signings are not allowed to play because the bank won't guarantee their transfers, something is wrong with that. And Milan fans can bleat about oh it's standard and blah, 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 whatever. That doesn't happen. That, yeah, that right. just doesn't happen. That will not happen to even to an Atalanta. They can play their entire squad when they play a Europa League qualifier because the banks believe they have the money to buy the players mm-hmm. who they've said they're going to buy. The banks didn't believe that about Milan last summer. And we finally saw UEFA put FFP into practice and mm-hmm. kick Milan out of Europe. And the only reason... That they didn't do that because Milan spent too much money. They did that because they didn't believe Milan had the money to... Yeah, they to reject make the reject financial
3: good. model on
0: yeah because but, they, they we, you for. The, that's the obviously that's the the technical answer and that's what UEFA actually say in public. But if you look at the way that FFP is being implemented all across Europe, it, it, you can spend whatever you like as long as you've actually got that money. Look mm. at Manchester City, mm. PSG, Chelsea; they they spend whatever they want, and UEFA go yeah, but blah 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 blah. And and the real reasoning is because there's going to be no harm to the competitions because those teams are going to pay those wages all the time, mm-hmm. they're going to pay that money for those transfers, they're not going to default on any payment they're going to actually be there at the end of the season I think the UEFA were very dubious if under Yong Hong Lee, if Milan's players would get paid, if the transfer money would get paid, if, if the club would even exist by the end of the season, if they let him carry on because he just didn't have the money and whether you want to believe that it was all locked up in China, or you want to think that the guy was a complete chancer who never had the money and managed to to bluff his way to being in charge of AC Milan, then that's up to you. I know which one I think it is, uh, and I know which one I think UEFA think it was, and and they've gotten rid of him, and then Elliot have come in who bank who lent Yong Hong Lee the money, and if you look into the history of Elliot they lend money to people who they believe will not pay it back, whether that's the Argentinian government or a a Chinese guy who wants to buy AC Milan. And when that happens, they repossess the assets and then they use, they turn it around to make the best possible profit. Mm. And the best way to make profit from AC Milan is to get them in the Champions League and then sell them. So, They've spent this summer making sure they do that. It's why they've got rid of Nikola Kalinic and signed players who actually want to play football. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's why they've gone and signed some excellent defenders. It's why when...
3: Why they've signed Leonardo and they got rid of the hierarchy it, that was there before. That yeah, was, because
0: Mirabelli was the sporting director equivalent of Yong Hong Lee. He was mm-hmm. bluffing it. He had no idea what to do with all that money. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could see that from his choices. And now they have actual people who understand football in place like Leonardo and And, Paolo Maldini back and Paolo Maldini Paolo Paolo Maldini didn't want to know Silvio Berlusconi because Silvio Berlusconi was dodgy. Silvio Berlusconi left Paolo Maldini doesn't want to know Yong Hong Lee because he doesn't trust Yong Hong Lee Mm -hmm. Yong Hong Lee leaves a bank who has repossessed the football club that Paolo Maldini <laughs> has given his life to. And Paolo Maldini actually thinks that those guys are better than Silvio Berlusconi or Yong Hong Lee. And five minutes later, he's back at Milan taking a job. And that is fantastic for Milan because that tells me that if Paolo Maldini believes it, then it's okay for Milan. Because mm-hmm. Paolo yeah, Maldini, exactly. just like his father, has put AC Milan above everything else in their lives for since before... You and I were watching Serie A, though. Like, mm, yeah. Cesare Maldini was Milan captain when they won the European Cup in, at Wembley in the 60s. And then Paolo Maldini started playing for them in the 80s. And and now he's come back because he believes in what they're doing. And if he does, then so do I. Because you can look at what they're doing and you can see there's a tangible, coherent plan to the way that they're approaching it. And that's fantastic. It's, it's great that people like Rosella are getting excited about Milan again because Serie A is better when Milan are good. Like, for me, the, the best seasons in Serie A are always when Milan comes second. Like, yeah, I'm a Juve fan, I want to see Juve win, but when Milan are good too, it, it makes everything better. When Milan are doing well in Europe, it's, it's great. And, and you know as well as I do that once Milan get back in the Champions League, even though they're not the same Milan, people will, watch. People will be
3: scared. And uh, yeah, people will, yeah, exactly. People will watch, people will go, we're playing Milan, oh crap
0: yeah and, and it doesn't matter like if you're a uh, like Tottenham Tottenham mm. have been Champions League regulars for a few years now they've got a very good squad they're deep they're scary they, they do really well if they drew AC Milan in the Champions League they'd be scared of playing AC Milan because it's AC Milan in the Champions League everybody's scared even Juve are scared when they play AC Milan in the Champions League <laughs> because AC Milan are bloody good
3: that's the, that's the only time Juve are scared or would be scared of Milan in recent, in the, in recent times it was in the Champions League yeah no no I agree completely it's good it's good for everybody and I, I, I'm really excited about this season um, obviously Juve travel to Verona the wonderful city of Verona on Saturdays I want to finish your Juve podcast on Juve because I think it's a bit weird to finish it on Milan it's Ronaldo's debut everybody their dog's going to be there Kiev are going to win right? That's what's going to happen. Oh, all, the, all this that we've said about you, ben, all their amazing players, Stefano Sorrentino is going to turn up and go, excuse me, this is my house. No
0: goals. Sergio One Polizia nil. for the win. 1-0 <laughs> Polizia, that's what you're going to tell me, is it? Of <laughs> course, of course. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, or, wait, do you th- or
3: do you think it's going to, Ronaldo it's going to be like, right, this is going to be a, an absolute pasting?
0: Well... Let's have a quick look. Juve have won eleven of the last twelve games against Kievo and the last three have finished two nil, three nil and two nil. <laughs> I think I'm
3: sure a couple of them were they were robbed. I remember watching them thinking man they we were robbed. The,
0: well the last one was the one with the handcuffs, wasn't it? When the guy was off the field injured and then mm, yeah, Juve scored. Yeah. Um Look, we we know exactly what to expect with Kiev, don't we? They'll, they'll give 125% until they go 1-0 down and then they'll start thinking about the week after because that's mm. what Kiev will do every week. Uh, I I think it's very hard to see past a, a Juve win pretty much in any Serie A game this season, but I think against a, a team who's going to be in the bottom half of the table or certainly closer to the bottom half of the table than they are to the top, um, yeah. it's, it's 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 a, a, a hugely really daunting prospect. Yeah, it's going to be a um, sad
3: day for everybody.
0: It, it's solely going to be about how many goals Ronaldo scores, isn't it? That's mm. it's, nobody's going to really care if Juve win or if Kiev will win or what. It's how many goals did Ronaldo score? Yeah, because exactly. because that's that's what it's been the past four or five years with. Who scored most goals, but Ronaldo no, or Messi? Messi. Yeah. It's like,
3: and I was like, who's he's not, he's not got any competition in Serie A? Who's going to score more goals, Ronaldo or Polissi? It's not got the same ring to uh, it,
0: no. <laughs> but I think, I think now that Milan have got Higuain, I think you look around the the top teams in Serie A and there's some, Ronaldo some very good strikers, Cardi
3: versus Higuain versus Immobile
0: versus Mertens? Giovanni, Simeone S- versus uh, Mertens, Simeone. Milik, whoever, man, it's it, it's great and that. That's what we like to see. We want to see big players scoring great goals in Serie A. You know, well, unless you're a Kiev fan, and then, well, we're just happy. to We're just I happy to what, see what, what a goal. You, <laughs> That's what do enough. you both think? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, less of that. Less. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm in WhatsApp groups that are bigger than Kiev season ticket holders.
3: Oh, um, no, he's, he's keeping going. He's not stopping. He's keeping going, people.
0: No, he's, got, he's got more. You know, it's it's. It, it, it will be a tough game. Like, I can make jokes about Kiev all day long. Um, uh, apparently, it's it, going
3: to be sold out. I don't know. All the Kiev fans are coming out ooh, for, the, for the game. Do,
0: do like, we really I, believe that, though? Do, you, uh, well, do we really believe it'll be sold out? I think it'll be sold out. But I think uh, I looked for an article I was writing last week and. Kiev averaged average 12,000 in a, a yeah, stadium yeah. that holds almost 40 last season and uh, their biggest attendance was against Juve and it was 27,000. I think to, to sell out, it's going to have to be a lot of uh, It's
3: going <laughs> to be full of journalists
0: <laughs> Well, <laughs> all the journalists don't a, arrive three hours early and it, it might be sold out you know, <laughs> but I, I saw that the prices took a, a massive hike and I think, but I also think it's, it's in August it's in a nice city like Verona um, It's going to be absolutely they're, 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 dis- super disgusted there'll be, there'll be a, 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 a lot of uh, tourists? Be, be tourists yeah well I was going to say Juve fans but I guess tourists fits in just, <laughs> just as well um, because that, that's, that's the, the reality isn't it when you sign a, a guy like Ronaldo he does, everybody wants to go and see you him. attract football tourists and it's not to, to criticise those people say they're not football fans but they're not going to be uh, hardcore Juve fans who who know the Juve songs and sing for ninety minutes. They're going sure. to go
3: watch Atalanta and the Coppa Italia and the snow on a bloody no. Tuesday night at six o'clock.
0: No, you want to say they're not going to go watch Kiev, but literally they, they probably are. Um, and I, th- I think it's 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 just the harsh reality as we were talking before we came on air that, that that that's that's going to be the reality of following Juve for the next few years. Is there's going to be a lot more touristy fans coming to watch you? When Ronaldo Lees won't go watch Juve again and probably haven't been to watch Juve before, and it's going to make for a lot of uh, sold out stadiums, it's going to make for a lot of very quiet atmospheres too. And that's nothing new. It's it's disappointing to me as a Juve fan because I I like to watch um, my team with their fans making a lot of noise. And really, the the only kind of time you get to see that now is that. Away games at places like Torino and Atalanta, and usually Chievo. But I think because it's Ronaldo's debut, it'll be a little bit different. But I think it'll be a it'll be a hard thing to to watch Juve at home for the next few seasons because the Juventus Stadium's been getting quieter and quieter over the past couple of years, as it is already. Um, the, the the hardcore support is kind of being frozen out with the the prices and mm. the the amount of tourists who want to go watch Juve, and a, a lot of season tickets now are being snapped up by by fans who are not Torinese Juventina which is a, again is a shame because it, it dilutes the atmosphere and as much as you want to see your team playing in a full stadium it's, it, it then you want to see it being noisy and being a, a difficult place to play and it really just isn't uh from that perspective at least it's it's not to end on a sour note I was going to say
3: we would be positive Serie is going
2: to be yeah, great yeah <laughs> Serie A is going
0: to be great and uh, merely uh, a point to me as a, a Juve fan it's when I used to watch them at that what is now the Stadio Olimpico where Torino play, and that was full, and both ends were full of Juve fans mm-hmm. with the away fans tucked in one corner, and everyone was singing. It was great. And now it's it's not like that anymore, and it, it's a shame. But. Hey, That's if you win the Champions League, I You will you
3: care. You'll be like, as you know, quiet as you want if you've got that. I'll topic. sing for everybody then. Forget about <laughs> it. I'll come on your
0: podcast and sing.
3: All oh, right, there we go. I've got, that reco- I've got that recorded as well, people. He's got to sing if you win ever the Champions League. Can we pick the song? Uh, yeah.
0: Right. yeah. Yeah, if you've ever win the Champions League, I'll sing whatever you want.
3: <laughs> there we go, everybody. We've got it. We've got it on tape. Right, Adam. Um, a pleasure as always. Tell the people where they could get you on the social medias.
0: Uh, I have a Facebook page for work I have a Twitter as always ADZ77 or ADZ if you speak American um, uh, yeah follow me there I post my work there and say hi as well you know I talk to anybody hey, even you yeah well, not many people do Adam not many people do <laughs> yeah but I talk to you because I see you at random stadiums like Genoa Inter well this, yeah this uh, is true we you like, can whenever, have a chat about what is
3: he doing Pan pandems let's go Christ there you go right Adam absolute pleasure Um, and congratulations on the skedetto and we will catch (laughs) up during the season
0: yeah I'll talk to you soon Dom